enjoy, we're going to enjoy listening from you, and we know you're going to bring us safe, okay? Thank you so much, <laughs> Jenny. Uh, am I on? Am I good? Good? Sweet. All right. I, I always enjoy speaking. Always, uh-oh. How did it go, Jesse? Well, I destroyed a couple stands, and so hopefully it's, that's not a sign to come with a message today, but uh, happy with Jonathan every week. Great. That's what I needed to know. So I'm not sending a text. I'm setting my timer because I know um, basketball has started back up, and so I know maybe there's some games or something you want to get to, but uh, I am originally from Houston, Texas. Uh, ended up at KU um, because KU was the biggest out-of-state school that accepted my application. I had this dream I was going to play football. I was going to uh, make you know a ton of money and then go back to Houston and, and do something to change my inner-city community that was just rid, just just full of drugs, gangs, uh, brokenness, dysfunction, all that. So um, Jonathan and I met the same way Tori and I met. Tori is my lovely wife. Uh, who's here with me. Go ahead and wave from babe. And then you can see our three mini-me's that are hanging out with us. But um, um, I was, I had, someone had reached out to me. A guy named Clay had invited me to a Bible study, which long story short was a call to greatness Bible study. And there my life was just impacted and changed as a, as a freshman. And um, call to greatness being who they are and, and, and Morningstar Church you know, this just this inviting, this this wanting to disciple people and encourage people and change the campus. They uh, Jonathan Hub was one of the families that would invite me over regularly to spend time with his family, which was huge for me because I grew up in a single parent home. And the one thing that I always wanted to be was a father. That was, you know, bigger than my NFL dream. It was wanting to be a father. And in the pursuit of that, I found this awesome pearl, this this jewel named Tori. So. And I would go over there and hang out with him, um, and more than you, he, I don't know if they know this, Jonathan Hub and Reagan, but um, they gave me my first car. And I don't know if you guys' first car was like the movies, right? You come outside at 16 or 17, and there's this car with this ribbon around it, and it was like, wow, thanks, mom and dad. And we didn't have those type of finances, so that never happened to me. But out of the blue one day, because of just my heart for connecting with people and inviting people to church, I didn't have a car. So Jonathan was like, man, I got this car I'm not using. And they blessed me with this car. You know, so they were doing something for me. But really what was happening to me was this, like, man, 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 my life has been changed. And people, are, this is awesome that you're blessing me with this moment that something I could have never thought how it would have happened. It was a Toyota Caressida. And at the time, it was a classic. And if you're not familiar with what that means, I mean, it was 20 years old. <laughs> and so, but it was, it was my baby. You know, I am from Houston, and one of the things we like to do on Sundays is everyone comes out with their fly cars, candy paint, and syst music systems, TVs in it. So I was working at Caressa towards that. I had put a 12 in the back, and I mean, when I pulled up, it was banging. So uh, we used to call those hoopties, and that's what I was driving. Um, but... You know, last time I was here, I shared a story mostly about my daughter, Ayana, uh, who's just stepped out. She's the one that would probably come up and talk to you, even though you, she, she doesn't know you. She's just, just a, definitely a people's person. But I talked about how this time, uh, at that time, about a, year, about a year ago or so, I had this, because of some of the complications in her life at birth and how we saw her progressing, I had this mindset that, you know, 
we're going to grow old. She's going to end up living the rest of her life with us. <clears throat> and so, and the title of that message was, you know, what are you hearing? And what happened in those moments as I was believing those things, God was like, no, 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 no. You're, you're hearing the wrong thing. This is not what I'm, what I'm trying to share with you. It is that this young lady is going to grow up through these complications and she's going to get married. She's going to have a family. You're going to have grandkids from her. And as I was preparing for this message, it's just this, this story of Ayana kept coming back up. And so I'm going to share to illustrate the, uh, what we're going to be talking about today or what I'm sharing with you today is, you know, it's just once again, I'm going to share the story about Ayana. And for you that didn't get to hear it, Ayana, when she was born, you know, I could hold her in, her, hold her in, our, in, in my hand. And that's how small she was, born, born premature. Six months, we found out she had a murmur. In her heart and then 10 months uh, she had open heart surgery and from there you know couldn't walk at two or was just starting to walk and talk at two and then as things get, continue to progress more and more she's like okay she's got teeth that are hanging out with one another in an improper way basically I mean they were clumped up so now she's going in she's getting surgery for her teeth and she's got all these different things she's spent about I think three or four months with patches over an eye, you know, to help correct vision and things like this. And you've been on this series of now matters later, right? And so I had already this message in my heart, it's kingdom now and kingdom not yet. Go ahead and write that down. I know some of you want to. And if you, and if you want to pull your phone out, and t I won't think you're texting, but if you have a text that comes through and you need to answer it, it's your business. Um, but Ayana, this gift, and just like any kid, any of our kids, Ayana is our middle kid, Zebediah is our oldest, and Isabel is our youngest. But they're this, 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 this image bearer, right? They're who God is in this person, that they're carrying that very image. But they're not completely there yet. So they're the kingdom now. They're, they, we, are, we are the example of the kingdom now. But as we mature and grow and, and it's transformed, we are a sign of the kingdom not yet. We're a sign of the kingdom not yet. And so the phrase that really hit me as I was thinking about this is that we are part of something that has been changed. We're part of God's world that has been changed. God's world that is changing. And God's world that will be changed. Right? Right? So we, we see it in our own development, right? Your kid. You're something now, you're changing, and you will be changed. And But that's what the kingdom of God is like. So, um, and with Ayana, you know, we saw this gift, we saw who she was. There's this process she's going through because she's going to be something that she's going to be changed into. And when I, when I look at that and think about that, each one of you guys probably at this moment have a sense of what you're called to be. And there was a time, really, where we didn't know where we were seeing Ayana go. For our other two kids, you could see some athleticism, you could see some musical talent, you could see some art, artistry. And so you could, you could, we could put them in things that could help develop those talents. But Ayana, we were unsure. And as she's being changed more and more, she's becoming this person who loves food. I mean, this little girl where everyone else has like a poster of their favorite singer or basketball team, she's got pictures of food, <laughs> got Pizza Hut, order forms, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, she loves animals, 
when, uh, 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 so, and when that baby started crying, it was just like, uh-oh, her red flag is going up. She's about to leave, and sure enough, she walks out. So I think she was heading to secure that baby. So maybe she's the future of veterinarian or something, baby animal. So what does that have to do? You see something happening, you see something being happening, you see something that is to come. And that's where we're going today, that you're part of that, and that's why it's so key for you to understand that now matters later. Now matters later. And you've heard me say, so you're part of God's plan for his changed world, changing world, and that world that be changed. And and, and, and I bring up this next illustration I want to use is the, the Black Lives Matter movement. And, and I'm not here to say whether they're right or wrong, but I wanted you to see this example of what happened with when someone takes a moment, like Colin Kaepernick and what he agrees with, and takes a knee. And he takes a moment to illustrate something. And he takes another moment and another moment, and now it becomes a movement. So I kind of threw a couple things at you there. Right now, matters later, kingdom now, kingdom not yet. Uh, something that has changed, something that is changing, something will be changed. That if you could literally take the moments you have right now and the moments to come to create this change, to create this movement, you can create a new thing. You can create a new thing, a new normal, something that would impact this world, that would impact your life, your home, where you work or spend a lot of your time, and eventually the culture. <clears throat> um, if you look, I, there's a uh, book by a guy named Michael Heiser. His book is called Supernatural, what the Bible teaches about the unseen world. And I want to read a quote from it for you. It says, as evil has spread like a contagion through humanity after the failure of the first Eden, so the gospel spreads like an antidote through the same infected host. We are carriers of the truth about the God of gods, his love for all nations, and his unchanging desire to dwell with his family in an earthly home. He has worn it since its creation. Eden will live again. He created Eden, and the, and, the, and, the, and the commandment was go and be fruitful, expand Eden. And then they did something, and it, they were kicked out of Eden. And so now, because of what Jesus Christ has done on the uh, on the cross and dying and being raised again. We have access to God through Jesus if we believe and confess from our mouth that he is Lord. That we can now carry and expand the Eden which is in us and the Eden in our home and in our atmosphere. It continues to say, it is a scientific fact that the world continents move farther apart every year. But the progression of the continental drift is undetectable to human sense. We only know it occurs because the observation we can make after the fact. So it is with the steady, unrelenting advance of the kingdom of God. We can't perceive with the naked eye how each day strengths the dominions of the gods, the powers of darkness, or, the, or how the gospel liberates one by one. That's, if you were at the summit, sometime we are doing things and you're hoping that the music would come on in the music. I mean, in the movies, right, that the theme music comes on and it tells you that this is the moment something's about to change. All right, something's about to change because the music just came on. Uh, how the gospel liberates one by one those held on the dominion, but it is an indiscernible certainty. This idea that, man, we we're carrying something and it's happening. It's happening as we move faithfully about doing what God has called us to do and using the, the, the tools that are in the hand. So, 
So I've kind of gave you an intro, and I want to give you a longer intro, and then what's going to happen is the plane's just going to land. All right? So it's just kind of this build up, and then it's just like boom, and that's going to be it. All right? But before we get to the drop, which will be these four points I'll share with you, I want to kind of break it down just a little bit more. All right? And so the kingdom of God moments, right? And we create those every day, right? You have these every day. These, you know, you might, right now you might be having one, maybe an idea or something. Maybe when you leave here, there's going to be this moment where you could example this image of God. And then to know that these moments are known or used for production. All right, and so the verse we want to talk about today, or the main verse, is Matthew 13, 33. And if you go to that Matthew chapter, there's a lot of the parable of the sower, the, par- the purpose of the parable, the parable of the sower explained, the parable of the weeds, the mustard seeds. And you see a lot of this little thing coming and being something big, now mattering later. This little thing and then becoming big, this, this kingdom now. Here's the kingdom now, but not the kingdom yet. All right, and it says, he told him another parable. This is Matthew 13, 33. The kingdom of heaven is like the leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Or as the, that, that was the ESV, as the NIV would say, he told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. And that, that specific word work, I wanted to make sure I highlight it, and we'll come back to that here in a part in a bit. But this, this idea of you doing something in these moments, that as you continue to do those moments, it'll work through the, through the bread. So these moments can be opportunities to create the culture God intended. When you think about that phrase, you know, what, what, what did Jesus do, right? It was originally, the idea behind it was for you to take these different moments, these different decisions you have to say, okay, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? In this moment where you, where you would create this movement where you're always thinking about, okay, I'm a Christian, I'm a little Christ, I'm sure I should be acting as Jesus would in this moment. Whether it's a decision about your finances, whether it's a decision about, you know, uh, uh, what you're going to choose for a career or, 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 or how you may discipline your kids or whatever it may be, but that you're thinking about how Jesus would react, you know, um, and you're, 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 it's, it's those moments, but it's also these bigger moments. You look at Tori and I's relationship, right? If you haven't noticed, and I know it's hard to see sometimes, but I'm African-American, she's white American. I am from inner city Houston. She's from the country uh, just north of uh, the, the, she's from North Emporia, right? Uh, she's in the middle of nowhere. It's country town out there, right? Gravel roads and things like that. Unpaved, right? Stay in the tracks if you've ever driven on gravel road. But you go back 50 years from now, that relationship, our relationship would be hard, a little bit more difficult to maintain because of the, 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 the stereotypes, the, the, the racism, the, 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 the unacceptances of it. And if you go back about 100 years, then we're like running for our lives because of our love, right? If you look at that time years ago and now, you could see, I really believe what America was attended, that freedom in the living planet years ago and how it's come to how, how it's come to fruition now in this time. But that was something that happened 
something that is happening. I believe something is still to come in many different aspects. All right. Um, you think about this, right? If you go back to that verse, it says that a woman took and worked in a dough. In a dough. A woman took. All right. And I really believe God was it's giving dropping the seed of this idea that the church being the bride of Christ. So that if the church will take this leaven, this kingdom, and work it in the dough, work, them in the, work it in the clutter of everything that's going on, that we, being patient, being faithful, will see the dough around us become leaven. <clears throat> so that is these, these moments to create God's culture, but, but these moments are also for production. All right, you think about Leaven, you think about it being yeast, it's a bacteria, all right? It's, if anyone understands the fermentation of wine, right, it's when that yeast is in there that it begins to mix with the fruits that creates the wine, all right? So this COVID moment has been a moment where the church can really have, have stepped up and still step up. So this moment is time for production, and I'm not just talking about babies, Okay, so you feeling me, but yet these ideas that can be just seeds that can produce something great. Let's think about this, right? The, the stats say that the most affected people by COVID, that, that it affects the most, right, are elderly people. So you see a lot of elderly people not being able to go to stores. And so online orders have taken, have increased. Where you can go online, order, you know, I need a gallon of milk, this A, B, and C, and then someone goes and stock it and then either uh, and takes it to this person's house. Man, how innovative. Because you know what it has done? It's created jobs. Yeah, I don't mean to date myself, but back in my time when you used to sack groceries, the lady, old lady would give you a dollar or a quarter or something. And then if you were there stacking groceries with your grandma, she would just say, boy, grab them bags and come on. <laughs> But my, my point is, it's, it, it's something that's happened. There was a job created out of this moment that someone thought, hey, here's the moment that's online. And it created jobs. And now people, people who, young people who, you know, can't work at, you know, Burger King or whatever now can go and stack these groceries and deliver them. <clears throat> so that's just a small example of how it has created opportunities. All right. So, you know, it kind of went up here and I'm just going to just drop this on you. Um, as it kind of ends, there's four things. And just so the people in the back know, the fourth one I didn't put on there because it was something I thought of this morning. So, uh, but I won't spend a long time on it. The four things are the great commandment before the great commission. The second one is strong intentional relationship development or relational development. The third one is risky faith. And the fourth one is beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. All right, and these are four things I try to do to capture moments that will lead to a movement that will display the culture of God. These are things that I try to do that I, as I'm in the midst of this changing world, God's changing world, that I can bring about this kingdom not yet. Great commandment before great commission, strong intentional relational development, risky faith, beware of the leaven and the Pharisees. So when you look at the first one, great commandment and before great commission, 
The great commandment to, all right, so here's a, a book I'm reading called Spiritual Slavery to Spiritual Sonship. It's about Jack Frost. Uh, great, amazing story. If you haven't heard him and or uh, listened to some of his series about uh, really living as a son or daughter of God, in his book, it says, the great commandment to love God and love others is a call to intimacy. The great commission to God and make disciples is a call to fruitfulness. Intimacy is to precede fruitfulness. And here's the big point. The great commandment must precede the great commission, and it is an inseparable part of it. When intimacy does not precede fruitfulness, we easily become subject to our own mission, become focused upon religious duty, hyper-religious activity, and aggressive striving that leaves an anger edge in our life and relationship. So it's this idea that God is saying, go and do the great commandment. Love, drop these loves, drop these seeds of love, seeds of love, 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 love. Because in that, you have this opportunity then to bear the fruit by doing the great commission. So in my mind, I got to think, okay, how can I love someone? How can I just go about and be that, the, the, the Samaritan, loving, loving, and, 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 and exampling, being an example of what it, it means to be someone that's helping to change something so that this world can be <clears throat> the change world that God is asking for us. How can I go? The great, the great commandment is planting the seeds. The great commission is working it through the dough. When we accomplish that, when we are able to do that, do the great, commission, great, great commandment before the great commission, we're then able, and it also leads us to build a strong relational, uh, intentional relationship with people. And basically what that means is your relationship is so good that you're able, with a person, that you're able to tell them hard things. One of the ones that popped in my mind as I thought about that and was attempting that is when Jesus told Peter, get behind me, Satan. Right? He literally told the guy, you're Satan, get behind me, you don't understand. Right? But what happens sometimes, we, 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 we kindle something with someone, and maybe this is not you, but this is definitely it's been true in my life, and it's kind of like the, the wobbly bridge, the Tacoma bridge. You ever seen that video where the bridge is literally doing this, right? And it's your truth that you may, even though it may be true, it's, that bridge is not able to handle that, all right? But we want to get to a point where, as my friend Rich would say, the bridge of trust, where you could tell someone something, on, and, on, and, that, and the truth being a Mack truck or something heavy can go across that bridge without breaking it, all right? So that, that is what I mean by strong, intentional relationships. And, that, and there's much you could think or say to add to that. But get to that point where you could um, tell people tough things and the relationship wouldn't be broken. The third thing is risky faith. Risky faith. All right. Now, the story that comes to my mind with this one is 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 Peter on the boat. Right. Jesus sends out the um, sends away the disciples to cross the, the sea or the ocean or whatnot lake. And he goes up for a bit. This is after he fed, you know, 5000 fish or whatnot. Spend some time with God. And then he's coming to them because the boat was already out. So he's walking across the water. You guys remember that story? I remember, that, you know, and 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 and. Uh, Peter, they see him, they think it's a ghost, and Peter's like, Jesus, is that you? And you guys remember what the ply was, reply was? It sure ain't Buddha, you know, and he's coming through there like this here, you know. So 
he's like, okay, Jesus, if that's you, call me out onto the water. And Peter, being a fisherman, right, an ex-fisherman, knows that he's going from a platform that is, you know, stable. I mean, it's probably wobbling, the storm is probably coming, so, he, you know, he's moving. But he knows that, look, I'm not going in unless the boat flips. And he's saying, taking a risk that I'm going to step out onto something that I know if I go in, I'm going in. Right? And so Jesus says, come on out. And that, that just that risk that he took to go out in the midst of a storm onto the waters and, be, and, and walk on water, right? And God is calling that for all of us, all right? So my wife and I, being uh, freshly married, right? We, we were married 15 years ago, June the 11th. Shortly after that, we're going to have a kid move in with us, right? We haven't really... I mean, we had knew each other four years prior. We wasn't dating, just was friends. And then, boom, we got married. And it was like, okay, we're going to have someone move in with us, a teenager. What? That's kind of risky. You guys haven't really, you know, had a year one and year two. You sure you don't want to wait a little bit? You know? And after that, another kid and another kid. These teenagers who, the reason why foster, the, the, the foster age and adoption age there's so many kids on that list in the teenage range is because these kids have already have their baggage. They don't they don't have the foundation that you would have that you probably would teach your kid or someone young. So they stay there. So it was the risk of like bringing someone in who already has this culture in their mind and how they want to do things. But we knew what God was telling us to do, what was in our hearts, that we wanted to love people, we want to give people a chance. And that this idea of always wanting to be a father is like, OK, 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 God, you planted this. We're going at it. And it was. Some great times, some bad times, but it was a, this risky face. So God could be literally challenging you. Give a little bit more in your finances. You know, He could be telling you to step out in some way. He could He, he could be saying, "Hey, give to the maybe the beggar on the street." He could be saying, "Open your home to someone for dinner more." So I don't know. I'm not trying to limit you to anything. But this risky faith. So we've talked about that. Uh, great command over the Great Commission or before the Great Commission, the strong intentional relational development, the risky faith. And then the last one is beware of the leaven. And in Matthew 16, and this is not up there because uh, it's something I just thought about this morning, but Matthew 16, 6, in the ESV it says, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. And if you go back and read that Matthew 13, prior to that, there's this, this, this verse where it talks about, or this parable where it talks about a good sower went out, or good farmer went out and sowed seeds. When he woke up the next morning, it had both the wheat and the tare, or the wheat and the weeds, right? There's, a, there's another leaven out there that wants to infiltrate your thinking, infiltrate your home, infiltrate the atmosphere you're in, and God is saying, beware of it. He's saying, beware of it. And so it's going to be your job to really make sure you understand what it is God is doing in your life, and what he is wanting you to create where you are and where you're going, and what you're supposed to be doing, right? This kingdom of God, this kingdom now, and this kingdom not yet, but also there's another kingdom. There's a spiritual battle that wants to take the same ground that you're trying to cover. And so those are, those are it. I want to leave with you this. You're part of God's changed world. You're part of God's changing world. And you're part of God's world that will be changed. If you would, bow your heads with me. Go ahead and stand up. <clears throat> Do you have a clear coat?
Do you close? Okay, 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 okay. Um, I'm gonna pray for us, and um, I'm gonna take a little. I'm gonna take a couple minutes. I'm not gonna take a long time. I'm just take a couple minutes and see if God would have anything that He would say. God, I just I, I uh, break the lie of the enemy. Break the lie of the enemy, Lord, that uh, I don't have anything. I break the lie of the enemy that my little that I'm doing does not matter. I break the lie that it's not worth it. And Lord, that I say that the little that we're giving does matter. That it is worth it, Lord. That God, you have called us to a purpose greater than ourselves. And sometimes it seems cloudy, sometimes it seems uh, unsure, sometimes it, it's, it's, it's uh, confusing and frustrating. But God, if we could remain in your vine, as you say, if, we, if I remain in you and you remain in me, oh, we would bear fruit. And I just, I just pray that. And if you're someone that was thinking those thoughts, not, not feeling secure, I just, just in your own heart, say, God, I receive that. God, I, th- I thank you for what is going on here and in, in Blue Moon Church and, what is, and how your kingdom is spreading throughout the city. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>